The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It is time for this week's edition of The, the Hoot. Hoot. Um, Alberta, as you know, friends, is a large province and economic conditions are not the same everywhere you go. And some areas are doing better than others as we emerge from this recession we've been in for the past few years. So the question is, why is that? To find out, we're joined this week by Rob Roach, the Director of Insight, Economics and Research at ATB Financial. Hey, Rob. Good afternoon, Jalen. Oh my gosh, there's so many little parts to this. Oh, and Andrew's here too today. Yeah, of course I am, Robin. You sound good, by the way. That's a landline you're calling from, isn't it? (laughs) It is. Yeah. Old technology sometimes works better. <laughs> exactly right. So the number you want to specifically look at, and it's an interesting one, um, is unemployment. Because you look at that number from a provincial basis and you see one thing, but if you break <laughs> it down into cities, you see something different. What is it you're seeing? Exactly. And, and it's always important with statistics to uh, try to put them in context. So what we're seeing right now is overall Alberta's unemployment rate hovering just under 8% which for us here in this province is still very high. Mm -hmm. As we come out of the recession, we're seeing that number stay stay stubbornly high, um, and it's going to take a while for it to come down. But that's the picture for the province as a whole. And when we break it down and look at, for example, in the southern part of the province, in the Lethbridge, Medicine Hat area, the unemployment rate's about half of that, about 4%, just over 4%. Whereas um, in the two big cities, Edmonton and Calgary, um, it's over over 8%, even higher, than the uh, provincial average. So definitely um, different stories playing out depending on where you are in the province. How, how do you, when you take a closer look, if you're, you know, you're, you're crunching things down between Calgary and Edmonton over, over this recession and how it's, how the, both of them are, are, are trying to find their way out of that, what are they doing? How are they doing? Is Calgary still um, getting kicked a little harder than Edmonton? Well, actually, in the two big cities, um, they've now their unemployment rates have, are basically about the same as we speak. And we have to keep in mind it's still early days of the recovery, so we're going to see ups and downs in these numbers um, month to month. But so far, um, what we've been seeing is Calgary was hit really hard during the recession, as was Edmonton. But Calgary was hit a little bit harder. Our unemployment rate was a little bit higher um, for most of the last two years than up north in the capital. And um, what's been happening is Calgary has seen its rate slowly edging down, while Edmonton's has not come down as much, and in fact, in the last month, jumped up a little bit. So now the two cities are both sitting, you know, um, over 8%. Um, and, and one of the reasons we think that might be the case is people coming in from the rural areas who have lost their jobs in the resource sector uh, coming back to the big cities. Hmm. See, I would think that that's true, but I would think the other part of that as well would be even if you weren't temporarily located in a rural area as a result of employment, that over a period of unemployment, you might think that your chances were greater in a uh, bigger city to find employment, and that might bring people to those cities for the first time. Absolutely. And you know, we have to speculate because the labor force survey doesn't ask you know, why, why, about your personal situation. It just asks if you're unemployed or not. And so we speculate that part of it is the cities are always a draw for, for people who um, are looking for work. There's usually quite a few opportunities. We also think that it, it might be some of those folks, say you might have been up in Fort Mac and thought to yourself, um, you know, I've lost this job, I'm not from here. Maybe I'll go back home to Edmonton, try my luck there, or have more support with friends and, fam- friends and family there. So it's a, a number of different things happening. But you're right, Andrew, the big cities tend to be where um, people often come to look for work first 
before they venture out to places they haven't been before. And I guess, you know, when we talk about unemployment numbers and you say that you don't know because the question's not asked as to why they moved to a particular city, um, does it differentiate between people who were looking for work and are no longer looking for work? In other words, they've given up as opposed to found employment. That must affect the numbers as well. Yes, so we can look at the participation rate, um, which is the number of people who are um, both employed and unemployed and looking for work at the same time. And they ha- and those numbers are down in places like Fort McMurray and Red Deer, um, where some people have either just given up or have left those, um, those locales to come probably to either Calgary or Edmonton. And this is also t- particularly true in Red Deer, where there's a lot of oil sector-related jobs, and the participation rate there is down, and as a result, their employment rate, or their unemployment rate, I should say, is at about 5.8%, so a few percentage points below the provincial average, even though it's a place where a lot of people have lost jobs in the oil sector. That's interesting. So I suppose what would also affect those numbers would be those individuals who, after a period of time of looking for employment, decided to start their own business. So they're now not unemployed, but would they be considered participating in the employment numbers? Yes, yeah, so the self-employed numbers are always always tricky because there's so many reasons why people decide to strike out on their own. But definitely some people who've lost their job during the recession have, have done just that. They said, I might as well give um, starting my own business, maybe consulting for some of the companies they used to be an employee for. Give that a try. So those folks are accounted as employed, but often their income, of course, usually tends to be lower, at least at first, and less regular. And we're seeing that as well across wages in terms of employees. In the energy sector, which of course was hit the hardest, wages are down about 9% from their peak. So people who are coming back to work are probably noticing that the wages and the salaries being offered are a little lower. Oh, that's interesting. So you're saying in those areas in which unemployment rates are pretty good, there could be lots of individuals unemployed or employed to a lesser extent uh, financially than they were previously. Yeah, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that as we, you know, we're in recovery, which is good news, but it is a slow process, and there's still a lot of people, um, even if they are back to work, they might be getting uh, fewer hours or lower wages, or they're out there working for themselves, and that can be very tough, um, especially even though things are picking up, uh, working for yourself often. Um, you know, that paycheck isn't quite as regular and as steady as you'd like it. So, Rob, the question is, why should we give a hoot about all of this? I think there's a, there's a couple reasons, Jalen. One is that it's always important to remember that uh, what you're experiencing might not be the same as everyone else in the province. So you might be an employer in Lethbridge thinking, I'm not seeing all these unemployed folks. Um, I'm having trouble finding people. Whereas up in Edmonton, uh, you know, with unemployment higher, uh, people might be saying, you know, it seems even worse than what I'm hearing about from other parts of the province. So context is important. And also just to remember that this recovery will be slow. We're not about to snap back into a boom. And so we should expect to see, you know, um, these, that unemployment rate kind of remain stubbornly high and come down slowly rather than another boom on the horizon. This has uh, been a long, slow recovery, hasn't it? Sure it? has. Rob? Oh, it has been a slow recovery. Sorry, there was a, I lost you for a second there. Ah, no worries. It just seems like this one's taking a long time. It is. And, you know, in, recoveries tend to take a while, but in Alberta we usually see that oil price pick up steam a little faster um, or something else. So right now we have to wait that out as we have been. Um, and luckily oil, you know, sticking around that 40 to 50 range is better than where it was, but it's not like it was 
uh, back in 2014 when things were, were much better. Rob Roach from ATB Financial joining us this afternoon for our weekly edition of The Hoot. Rob, thanks for this. We'll talk to you next week. Thank, uh, Todd will be back next week and me two weeks from now. Okay, sounds good. We'll talk to you then. <laughs> Bye-bye. As always, if you see something in traffic, we'd uh, love to hear from you. I know uh, things are going to start heating up as we get closer and closer to schools opening. So at any point in time, you can give us a text, 630-630. And a reminder, traffic this half hour is brought to you by Echo Energy. Signing up is easy. Build your own plan or choose from one, three, and five-year bundles. Switch and save at echoenergy.com. Was uh, When I was at home last week with my, my brother and my sister-in-law and my niece and nephew, we had to talk about the kids going back to school. Mm-hmm. And... My sister-in-law lost it with the thought of having to do <laughs> it's the, the school lunches. And yeah. I've, I've seen that and heard that a couple of times over the past few weeks. I think uh, a couple of weeks back, I said something about, hey, you looking forward to the kids going back to school? And the text lines were, yeah, except for making the bleepity bleepity <laughs> lunches, the school lunches. What is it about making school lunches? That I don't is- know. It's the weirdest thing. And I, I will admit uh, that I get that sort of pit in my stomach when I see the first commercial for back-to-school uh. sales, and I curse whatever store is mm-hmm. suggesting that in July I should be looking at scribblers. <laughs> but uh, but the school lunch thing I've never understood. And actually, there's a survey that backs up what you just said that was just uh, recently released that says the top three things that parents stress about the most in having their kids go back to school, at number one, packing their lunch. At number two, getting them up and dressed in the morning. And then number <laughs> three, helping with their homework. See, I thought it would be the other way around. As did I, because I that is the one thing I miss the most about my kids going to school is the opportunity to pack their lunch and i didn't do it all the time and i'm not going to take credit for it carol put it together most of the time but if it was left to me to do i would pack the lunch that i would have liked to have gotten when i was in grade five Mm -hmm. or grade seven right so there's a sandwich a chocolate bar you know you throw fruit in to you know ease your conscience a little bit but you know that's not going to get eaten but or or maybe a note or you know, did you never do that stuff? Like just like a little note, like I hope you learned something this morning. Or... I got my kids when they were fifteen and eighteen. Oh, if they couldn't yeah. feed themselves, I don't <laughs> have to worry about it. But <laughs> no, and I don't remember. I don't remember my parents packing lunches for us because I think we came home for lunch every day. Mm. See, it's funny because until high school, and right. then you have the cafeteria, and right. it was like you know fries and gravy. I, now, I came home from lunch every day through elementary school, junior high, and I'm going to mm-hmm. say high school, too, honestly. Small town. I grew up in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. But when I became a parent and when I would go on school trips and where you were supposed to bring a lunch, mm-hmm. Carol would pack the lunch for both the child and me. And I'll t- I loved it. Like, I, it was the same thing. The like excitement, you, what's in here? Yeah, you open up the bag, and, oh, a box of raisins, right? Like, it just, <laughs> I, I don't know why parents of- stress about it. Like, you just... Listen, I don't. If you're stressed about it, I apologize for not being more compassionate. But don't you just buy bread, meat, some boxes of raisins, a fruit? I, I mean, think it's maybe it's just the the fact that you have to do it every night. I guess. And I guess. And you try doing it the night point, before. Get the kids to make it. Right. You try being more efficient, and then the child complains that everything's soggy or the lettuce is wilted or whatever. Right. So it's hard to do. I mean, just a lot's happening in the morning. I get that part of it. So, but it's, I don't know, lunch doesn't seem like a big deal. Oh, my, my, my sister-in-law, Tammy, was losing it 
over this. And she's like, oh, I can't wait till these kids are old enough to do it themselves. I'm like, well, Aaliyah's 15. Shouldn't she be doing it on her own? 15, but I, yeah, But definitely. I think it was because Aaliyah probably just wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll do it and then just doesn't eat. So she's ensuring that at least she is getting uh, something or wouldn't go to the cafeteria or right. whatever it is. Gavin, still the little guy, no, he still needs it. But my, my brother's like, oh, yeah, no, that's, she does that. I pack my own lunch. She does her own, yeah, that, forget about it. <laughs> See, I'm curious about our listeners. What is stressing you out? The survey says the top three are packing a lunch, getting them up and dressed and helping them with their homework. If you're stressed, tell us, 6.30, 6.30, what stresses you out about getting kids ready? And maybe, listen, maybe I'm just blind to everything that happened while I was still sleeping. I mean, maybe Carol was running around losing her mind over everything. I, I know I always heard them leaving. And one of the things that I stressed out about as a parent was figuring out the bus schedule. That was one that, especially when they're not, when they're still in elementary school or even junior high for that matter, high school, not so much. They figure it out and tell you, right? But trying to figure out where the bus is going to pick mm-hmm. them up, will the bus pick them up? And then as it gets colder outside, is the bus going to be on time? Is it showing up? I yeah. mean, those things, right? I'm thinking, too, that one of the stressors would be is getting everything for back to school done, whether it's, you know, buying some new clothes or go, taking that list Carol that you're supplied. Carol loves doing that. Really? Yeah. Something, if I had to go to whatever store and try to find three-ring binders or blah, oh, do they even use binders or anything more? Or you need to have four of these and five of these and, you know, blah, blah, yep. blah, and bring extra for the classroom. Like, come That's on. another great one. I'm surprised that didn't make the list either. There was one teacher one year that I just, I, I could have hugged her. <laughs> What she did was she said, okay, in about two months, you're going to get a list. So it was right near the end of, I think, mm-hmm. of the previous school year. She said, about two months, you're going to get a list, and you're going to go on that scavenger hunt that we go on. And you're not going to be able to find those little ring things, you know, or whatever, those reinforced O things or whatever. So here's your chance right now. Pay me 30 bucks, I think it was. And I'll go do and it. And I'll do it. And how many of her students, and then they have all the right stuff, and she buys it early, and it's all still there. Did it one year. It was like, oh, that that was That sounds really good, actually. Because it is a scavenger hunt, and you see it all the time. And you ask your kid, what is this? Like, some of them are just like, like, I'd never heard of a -a duotang, honestly. I'd heard of a scribbler. No, duotangs. Did you not ever use duotangs when you were a kid? I I don't know if they've been invented yet. Yeah. I mean, you, a you folder. open them up and they yeah. have the little the little metal piece that comes up and then you push them down on either well, side. Well, and you know what? Now you got me kind of Duotang. Up. That's just a fun word to say. I guess. Duotang. Um, but you know the other thing, too, is where you look at the school supplies, and I, I don't know that this falls in the category of stressful, but it's curious, where you're like, okay, so they need 17 erasers and three bottles of LePage's glue. <laughs> and you're like, why? <laughs> like, what are we building? Or what? how many mistakes are you anticipating that they'll make? Or Kleenex. In in elementary school, it was always like, oh, in six, you know, boxes or pouches or whatever they are of Kleenex. Like, what? Why? Because then the school doesn't have to provide it. That's exactly right. And they sort of average it out you have because to bring they'll bring their own toilet paper right. sooner or later. Like, you know, they'll say, well, not every student brings enough erasers. Well, that became my problem, mm-hmm. why, right? Like, I mean, I'm happy to help with a fundraiser or something, but. You know, let me know that's why I'm bringing 16 erasers. (laughs) Guys, I'm a single father to two boys, seven and nine. Both my boys make their own lunches. They've been doing it for the last two years. I double check after they're done, but 90% of the time they've packed a better lunch than I would have. (laughs) That's from Zach. Um, Sean says, 
Where'd it go? Oh, my five brothers yeah. and I resorted to paying our sister to make our lunches after mom went back to work. We figured we'd uh, even get to do special orders. Nope. You'll get... Oh, there. I lost it now. You'll get what uh, you get. And if you don't like it, too, too bad. bad. Just like mom. <laughs> um, yeah, the friend, uh, I don't, I didn't stress. I enjoyed it. Now I really miss it. The best was being creative with the lunches and sending a surprise, like a note or the pink popcorn. Right, exactly right. And Walt says, my wife stresses because she makes lunches for our four kids in school. Plus she makes my lunch too. That's a lot of food. I stress when my wife tells me to pay the kids school fees. That's insane. Like 300 bucks a kid. I don't get to tell my do a tank story very often. You want to hear it? <laughs> uh, you have uh, 25 seconds. I don't think we have time. All right. It's a great Duotang story. You won't want to miss it. We'll, we'll save it. it for 4 we'll o'clock. We'll save it for 4 o'clock. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.